everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And hey, Addicts, it's Los at FFA underscore Los. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Addicts Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. Mung, we're in... uh... We're almost there. Seasons next week. Uh, final drafts are coming to a close almost here at Labor Day. I'm excited, man. Yeah, just one week uh, to go until we get actual NFL games. I cannot wait for that. And uh, we wanted to get uh, some info out to all you guys before. I know a lot of you are drafting this coming weekend, Labor Day weekend. So today we're going to go over some preseason news, talk about some impacts to big name players. And then also a couple of mailbag questions at the very end uh, to hopefully help you guys prep for your most important drafts uh, with all the latest news and updates. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead, Lewis. No, I was, I was just going to agree with you. <laughs> no, I was going to say, of course, things are always changing, and uh, that's why we wanted to get this special episode out to you guys. And, of course, if you want my full top 200 PPR rankings, you can find those over at FantraxHQ.com. That's F-A-N-T-A-T-R-A-X-H-Q.com. All right, Los, let's jump right into it. Uh, one player near and dear to my heart, as you know, uh, Trey Lance, after questions mm. all summer, the 49ers were not able to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, so instead they restructured his contract to keep him on a one-year, $6.5 million base salary as the backup. I wrote a detailed article about my thoughts on the situation. You can find that over at Fantrax. But basically, I'm not too worried about this. I'm still very much in on Lance at ADP. And in fact, if anything, I, I might almost see the silver lining here because his ADP could slip even more now with people worried about Garoppolo. But I want to hear your thoughts, Los. Is Lance someone you're targeting at ADP if he slides at round nine or 10? Or are there other quarterbacks that you still prefer in that range? No, we talked about this uh, earlier in the season um, that I, we're both, I think, more than happy with him at eight. I think you, you would even jumped in maybe around late seven. Is that right? Yeah, and I don't think you need to do that now because I, sure. I definitely think with this news in most home leagues, he will be available around eight, round nine, maybe even 10 or 11, depending on the Absolutely. Uh, I am not as bullish on Trey Lance as you. I, I'm not locked into thinking that he's the be-all, end-all, that he's the future of the position or anything like that. Um, but they're going to give him every shot. Signing Jimmy Garoppolo does not scare me off, especially at his ADP with the chance that he has to be a locked-in top-five quarterback. If he doesn't end up that way, well, guess what? Every quarterback has the risk of not ending up as a top five quarterback. So to me, you're always paying for risk. You're paying for upside when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the fantasy draft. So this is no different. This changes nothing. Yeah. And again, on our last show, we discussed him as uh, someone I was seeing as a value at ADP. You know, we talked about how easy it is to find a replacement value quarterback. If he does for some reason, tank or get benched. Um, but Let's go through the quarterbacks real quick going just ahead of him. You let me know if you prefer him or these quarterbacks. Sure. So we've got Tom Brady at QB8 based on uh, Fantasy Pro's PPR ADP. That's what we're looking at. Yep, still Lance. Okay, uh, Russell Wilson. That's where it gets uh, that's where it gets hairy for me. It's for me I'm more of a Wilson guy, you're more of a Lance guy, so so it is Wilson for me. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. No, Lance. Dak Prescott. Lance. And then going right after Lance, Derek Carr. Lance. And Kirk Cousins. Lance. 
Okay, so I think we're in agreement there. Now, real quick, if you weren't, uh, you know, satisfied with your running back and wide receiver depth, and you did decide to wait on the guys like Carr, Cousins, and some quarterbacks going after him, I, I just want to go through real quick some other options at different positions going in the same ADP range. Now, we've got Dawson Knox, if you still need a tight end. I think that in, this year, you're, uh, Cole Komet is still a value. I would wait on Komet. Okay, uh, Christian Kirk and Drake London. I would rather have Lance than both of them. I know the hype is high for, for Drake London, but we see it time in, time out. J Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are the vast exception to the rule, not the rule itself. Um, I do not see that happening for Drake London, especially with Marcus Mariota turning into an impact early in the season, uh, impact play. Even Jamar Chase was not an impact player early in the season, so I, I still veer towards Trey Lance. Okay, and then this one will actually be a transition into our next situation to discuss with some updates on uh, preseason news. Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I think it's Trey Lance still there. Okay. Um, so as I not so subtly hinted at our segue here, uh, we are going to talk about the Patriots' backfield next because that has been a hot topic of discussion. Of course, Ty Montgomery suffered an ankle injury in this final preseason game, but it doesn't sound too serious. They did not put him on IR, so he is expected to be back potentially you know, early on, if not week one. But how are you handling the Patriots' backfield in general with the potential of a three-man rotation between Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Montgomery maybe still mixing in on passing downs like he has in the preseason, it sounds like Stevenson would handle more of that passing down work if Montgomery were in his time. But if all three are healthy, this could still be a pretty confusing backfield to navigate week in and week out. Not only could it be confusing, it will be confusing. Any fantasy player who has played for any amount of time knows that this is the issue with Belichick backfields. I, I remember drafting Shane Vereen in a PPR league in, you know, one of the top six rounds and maybe it made me a fool. That's because it did, but he has games where he, he would have, I, I think he still may have the record for uh, receptions by a running back in, in the, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm not afraid to draft Patriots running backs though, because no longer are they going at that ADP of five, six, seven round. They have immense upside. And if you're able to slot them in, at your flex, Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris could contribute three uh, three touchdowns just alone in any given week. So in that flex spot, if you're able to dra draft them to be that position on your team, I'm very comfortable with them just because they can give you the chance to, to absolutely dominate your week each week. You can yeah. also lose, but you're not typically losing because of your flex spot. It's a, it's a luxury, but not something I'd rely on. Sure, and we're also partially drafting them for upside, right? Because if one of the others totally. does miss time like Montgomery, totally. then all of a sudden that vaults both Harris and Stevenson up a little bit um, in terms of workload. Now, if you had to pick one, Los, in full PPR, are you going with Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson? Not necessarily based on this preseason, but based on the last season, I was seeing a surprising amount of passing game work for Ramondre Stevenson. He's got the bulk to him. He reminds me a bit of the way they would use Kevin Falk. I like Ramondre the best. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you here. I have him ranked a few spots ahead of Harris, partially because of that pass-catching work. And also, I do think that Harris could struggle a little bit more this year. Uh, you know, we've heard that 
Uh, they're trying to move to more of a zone running scheme. Uh, Harris's skills don't necessarily fit that as well. And in general, it sounds like the offensive line isn't quite gelling yet. Um, so they could struggle early on in the season as well. We've heard a lot about the Patriots in preseason offensive woes, offensive failures, could be preseason jitters putting it all together. To me, I, I think we tend to forget just how good the Patriots defense is with Bill Belichick. Um, that's all that is to me. I'm not worried about this offense. Not that I'm excited for it from a fantasy standpoint. How about you? Yeah, I, I think it just depends on ADP. And I've actually found myself with Harris in more leagues that we've drafted already, just because he's been falling in ADP with Stevenson sure. getting most of the hype. Um, but when he falls like two rounds past Stevenson, I'm still willing to take a shot on Harris. Totally, totally. All right, let's stick with the running back position. Uh, another pretty confusing backfield, or I should say it was confusing for the last few weeks, uh, is Washington. Now, of course, Brian Robinson got shot in a carjacking. Uh, yeah. Just absolutely terrible. But very luckily, he's actually in great condition. He was discharged from the hospital already. Uh, scary, but glad that he is okay. Now, of course, he did get placed on the NFI list. So he's going to be out for at least four weeks. From a fantasy perspective, Los, where are you willing to take Antonio Gibson now? And also, does J.D. McKissick move up the <laughs> rankings a little bit? Yeah, that is a tremendous question that I was faced with multiple times in our draft last night, and I ultimately ended up uh, balking on going after Antonio Gibson. Um, I felt like I had to stick to one of my takes this year, and um, despite uh, the, the running back number one finishes the past two years, uh, did not end up with him. Um, I'm worried. Uh, we don't know a ton about the we know about the severity so to speak about the robinson injury but we don't know exactly what is going on there we don't know what sort of tendons may have been injured in that but the fact that he's home already and they are talking about returning in uh, by week four I, I think this must have been a very surface wound um i, I mean there's there's <laughs> to me there, there's no way that he's not going to be ready by week five at the worst if they're talking about him coming back already um that worries me for gibson you could get some value in the first couple weeks it does not change jd mckissick for me at, at all whatsoever though I, I think the problem was brian robinson versus antonio gibson and jd mckissick has that pass catching has that third down has that uh, pass blocking on third down roll locked up so if you like jd mckissick or disliked mckissick before i would not like him or dislike him anymore right now Okay, I think that's a reasonable explanation there. Um, and just for reference, uh, I, from what I read, Brian Robinson was shot twice, once in the buttocks, yeah. like Tom yeah. Hanks, and uh, once through the knee, but luckily it missed all the major, uh, you know, tendons, vest, blood vessels, whatever. I'm not a doctor, but apparently he got very lucky. Yeah, it's a very tight, compact space. So uh, I'd be interested if they ever released more details on that, which they won't, and they have no reason to, nor would I was if I was Brian Robinson or the Commanders. But uh, that's a very, very interesting statement to me. Yeah, but we're certainly glad he's okay. And, uh, you know, where, where would you be willing to take a shot on Robinson? Maybe stash him on IR for a few weeks uh, if he's available, you know, in the double-digit rounds here. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm looking at him, 10-11. Um, when you get into the double digits, pretty much they're all lottery tickets as far as how I draft my teams. Um, so so drafting a 12 versus a 15, that's, that's the same thing to me. Okay. All right, let's move on then to the Pittsburgh backfield where there was a report recently that Najee Harris had been dealing with a low-grade Lisfranc sprain in his foot the last few weeks. Now, 
uh, you know, there's no cause for alarm because it doesn't sound like a huge deal. Harris was able to play in the Steelers' final preseason game against the Lions. Uh, we saw him cutting at full speed. We saw him hurdling a defender. Uh, it's just worth noting, though, because I was already a little bit below consensus on Najee Harris to begin with, considering that he's just project, excuse me, projected for fewer checkdown targets with Ben Roethlisberger retired. And, of course, the Steelers' offensive line is, is an issue as probably a bottom-five unit in the NFL here. Uh, where are you willing to take Najee Harris? Yeah, I think you're you're spot on. Um, I think most of the, um, gosh, I, uh, non-novice, I don't know how to put it better than that, experienced fantasy players or players that are listening to fantasy podcasts in the offseason, at the very least, um, are pretty well dialed into the fact that we think Najee Harris is not going to produce to the same level of last year. So I think both, in, both you and I had him faded a bit um, towards the end of the first, maybe start of the second, like many. Um, do you want to just run through some running backs? Yeah, and I, I'm just saying I probably am not going to have any shares in Najee yeah, Harris because he's, totally. he's you know, in ADP on Fantasy Pros, he's going eighth overall. So that's oh. just way too early for me. Yeah, um, no. But if he does slip to you in the second, I mean, let's just go by running backs going slightly behind him per ADP. Uh, Joe Mixon yeah. or Najee Harris? No, mix. yeah, it's Mixon. It's Mixon. You're probably going to say Swift, Barkley. You can knock those off. They're all above him. Okay. Um, let's go slightly further down than Nick Chubb, who we know might not quite have that pass catching upside, but could see a lot of touchdowns. Oh, I hate it so much, but it is Najee Harris just because of the way they run that, uh, run that uh, team. Now, if it's a standard league versus a PPR that may lean me towards Chubb. Um, but I, to be frank, I'm not entirely worried about this list, Frank. Now, if this were a dynasty league, I, my ears would be perked up a little bit because this is the sort of thing that can recur, but you're playing, you know, 16 fantasy games this season. Um, I, he, he, well, I hope he's okay. Okay. Well, you know, maybe more of a roster strategy type question, but what about Najee Harris versus say Kelsey or Mark Andrews? You know, I like to lock down running backs. So it's, that's close. That really comes down to roster strategies. Okay. Um, if you're able to get Najee, I mean, we're talking early second right here, right? You're not talking Andrews early second, but I guess you're talking early second. If you already have a running back that you were able to grab in the first, like a, like a Saquon, like a Camara or something like that. Dalvin Cook, if you had like the 108, let's say. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cook. Sure. Um, I could definitely see grabbing that positional advantage with Travis Kelsey. Okay. So you you would at least be willing to consider Najee Harris there, though. Yeah. Now, if you went wide receiver, if you got Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase or something, I'm going Najee. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm about in that same range with you here. Uh, let's move on to the wide receiver news then. Uh, we've heard that Jalen Waddle has been out for a few weeks now with a, quote, lower body injury. It sounds like a hamstring if we had to guess. But, of course, you know teams don't need to give us specifics uh, in the preseason here. But it is encouraging to see that the Dolphins said that they expect him to play week one. That said, you know, kind of like with Harris, I already had my concerns with Waddle uh, post Tyreek Hill trade. I I'm just not sure that he's going to see the type of target share or target volume that he saw as a rookie when they really had nobody else other than him and you know, Devontae Parker and, and Mike Kosicki, um, which Kosicki also saw, you know, career high in targets because they, really just relied on Waddle and him. So 
you know, are you worried at all about Waddle from a health perspective and also from a target perspective? It's too early to say. I am not drafting him at ADP, um, which I think we discussed in prior episode. I'm not just not drafting him at ADP, but if he falls, you know, like around past ADP, I'm still okay with him because you're still getting a value on a tremendous player. Uh, record-setting rookie. If it weren't for Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, I think would be even higher up draft up draft up, up draft boards yep. than he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I love the player, love the talent, and I think his. I don't think he matches his targets from last year with Tyreek Hill there, but I don't think there is a major drop off just because I don't see the tight end getting anything done in this new offense. Okay, uh, real quick, let's go through some wide receivers. Then uh, we've got. DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson going right ahead of Waddle for ADP? Yeah, it's both of them still. Okay. And just after Waddle right now, I'm seeing DK Metcalf and Mike Williams. I would take Mike Williams, not DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think we talked about Seattle and Metcalf a little bit on the last episode. I can't remember. Yeah, we talked about him as a fade. Okay. And then Brandon Cooks and Corlin Sutton going just immediately past them. I, you're hitting all of our uh, all of our um, value picks from last episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's Cooks and Sutton both above Waddle for me. Okay, so it sounds like you're not avoiding Waddle per se, but there are players that you prefer over him at ADP. Yeah, I bet the next. I, I'm sure the next one on the list, I'd say Waddle probably. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, right? No, no, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. Let's let's go down a little further. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem, right? We're already going a round and a half past ADP at this point, and that's why I haven't found myself taking Waddle very often yeah. this preseason. And that's why you draft running backs early, folks. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on your league, but I feel like in a lot of home leagues, there's just so much wide receiver value in those middle rounds. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about a. Uh, uh, just a very hot topic all off season has been Gabriel Davis, but his teammate Isaiah McKenzie uh, limped off the field at practice a few days ago, left with a trainer. Now McKenzie has been working on the side. So again, doesn't sound too serious, but he is listed as questionable for week one. And right now it seems like Buffalo has Gabriel Davis penciled in as the outside starter opposite Stefan Diggs uh, with McKenzie in the slot. Now, we haven't really talked too much about Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. Are you in or out on Davis at ADP Los? And then what are your thoughts on McKenzie later on? I am in at ADP, and I would like him a little better than ADP. This may be the best offense in football. They're going to throw the ball 600-plus times. This is just the offense they have. James Cook may get a a nice portion of that, which is why I think he's a decent value if you can grab him uh, in the late rounds of drafts. Love Gabe Davis. He could put up 10-plus touchdowns this year. Okay, so right now he's going 68th overall per Fantasy Pros PPR ADP as the wide receiver 28. Now, he's going right after some of those names we just talked about. So, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Jalen Waddle, all going ahead of Davis. Are you taking Davis over any of those guys? Amon Ra, um, and you said another one in there. Uh, uh, Marquise Brown, Allen no. Robinson? No. Okay. Uh, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton. 
if you okay so i would take sutton so most of those guys i like to i, I see have top 10 upside this year which is why i love the depth at wide receiver this year i don't see gabe davis as having top 10 upside but he's about as good as you can get as a wide receiver too um Let's see. How can I put this another way? Oh, uh, in terms of Godwin, if you have a very strong wide receiver position, um, I would go ahead and put Godwin on your team. But otherwise, if you if you if you need production at wide receiver, you've got to wait on you've got to wait on Godwin for right now. Unfortunately. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then a couple guys going right after Gabriel Davis: Adam Thielen, Darnell Mooney, Juju Smith-Schuster. No, it's, it's keep Davis there. Okay, he's climbed. He must have climbed in ADP. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are talking about him, right? So you're yeah. you're either you're either in or out. I think I'm actually on the other side of you on this one, um, because I'm not so sure that it's not a spread out target share behind Stephon Diggs between Davis, McKenzie, Knox, and the running backs. Uh, like, I'm just not sure he's the clear cut number two. If that makes sense. That's that's a fair point, but. Um, with the amount of passes that Josh Allen's going to throw, it doesn't scare me away. Okay. And certainly, you know, we like Davis for those touchdowns. We saw him in the preseason connecting with Allen already. So certainly don't hate him at ADP. I've just found he's a little bit rich in terms of ADP for me. Fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts on Isaiah McKenzie then? At his ADP, which is going far later, you know, I've found myself taking McKenzie a lot more just because he's pretty cheap in the double-dish rounds. I think he's a tremendous player. The uh, I am a little worried about the injury just because he didn't come on until later last year because there were players ahead of him on the depth chart. Um, now he's going to be getting off to the season um, with an injury. Uh, going to have a slow start there. If Josh Allen just gels a little more with Dawson Knox and, and the rest of the team uh, might have to throw to the running backs a bit more, he might just start to develop some tendencies like that. But if it weren't for the injury and even with him, I, even with it, I, I do like him in, you know, your 13 plus rounds. I think he's a PPR value. Um, I see him very similar to like how we saw Jamison Crowder in years prior. And I think, uh, didn't he just surpass Jamison Crowder on his own depth chart? Yeah. Uh, he's penciled in as a starter. It sounds like yep. he, you know, glowing reports throughout camp from Kenzie. There you go. All right. And then one more. At so, the wide so I guess receiver. the bills see him very, uh, very similarly as to how I do, huh? <laughs> I suppose, yeah. All right, let's talk about then the Giants wide receivers a little bit because everything we've heard out of camp and the preseason is that Kenny Galladay is pretty much dust. Um, sad, but I, you know we just don't know if he ever recovered from that hip injury, and you know he wasn't an elite talent to begin with, and now Kadarius Tony had off-season knee surgery, and he's been dealing with sounds like some kind of lower body, potentially hamstring issue during preseason. He's questionable for week one so where are you on Kadarius Tony and then a rookie that we're excited about Wondell Robinson yeah I am off on Tony for right now um he's I was never a huge fan coming into this uh, coming into his rookie season then he got onto the field had 10 plus targets a couple games in a row um but he's he's not a large guy you know the, and, and these guys don't tend to last all too long in the nfl um wish him the best you know he's electric uh but i i think um most uh most dynasty related players would probably agree with that take yeah and in terms of redraft are you willing to take a shot on him because his adp has fallen now it's about 116th overall 
If you have an IR slot, sure, but not otherwise. Okay. And then what about Wandale Robinson? Then? Because he's even cheaper. You know, you sniped me in our draft last night on Wandale Robinson and what was it? The 14th round or something like that. Yeah. I think I got him a little earlier than I wanted to, just cause I, that draft man, you, you should post it. You should put your draft up on Twitter. It's, it is the go-to it. You wrote the book on a draft done by Mung. You took every guy that is your, <laughs> that is your, your guy for this year. Well, except for uh, Marquise Brown, our friend's wife, Dana, actually yep. sniped me on him. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's funny. That's the first fantasy draft that my fiance's ever done. Oh. And um, I offered to, you know, help her through it. And she was reticent to join a league this year, but she agreed to. And uh, she found, like, a cheat sheet on Reddit or something. And she wouldn't show me what it was. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to draft the guy you just, you know, um, like just give me some general tips and I'll be good. I'm like, all right, take it away. There you go. Awesome. We love it. Uh, and that's, that's what fantasy is all about is getting people involved, getting people at least, uh, at least giving them a taste, see if they love it. And if they do, it opens a whole new world. Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, one of our other friends took it, I think it was Devonte Adams or something. And she was like, Oh, I wanted him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, we, so back we had to a Wandale. lot of fun in that draft. But Wandale Robinson, I mean, he's an undersized guy too, but he is the healthiest of the Giants receivers. And if you need a flex play, you know, week one, I don't hate him if Tony's not 100% and Galladay is Galladay. And that's exactly why I grabbed him, because that team is is needing talent, is needing guys on the field right now. And in that draft, I did draft Chris Godwin, so I knew I was going to have to fill in something at my flex or wide receiver role. I knew Wandale was going to be on the field. Um, Tony Galladay not going to be in his way. And um, they're, they're playing the Titans. Panthers to open the season shouldn't be the strictest coverage on him from the slot standpoint. So I think he could open the uh, season with a bang, but unfortunately I do think from a redraft standpoint, he is one of those guys that if he opens the season, I might start looking to sell him not to, not to tip my hand too far, but there you go. Yep. Fair enough. And that's partially why I'm so high on Barkley this year too, is just because of all their issues at wide receiver. Yeah. Totally. And of agree. course, losing Ingram as well yep all right let's dive into a couple of mailbag questions before we end this episode uh, the first one from at bobby ricks 99 he says i have the first overall pick and i'm going with jt but i'm not sure who to target at 212 and 301 any suggestions one quarterback two running backs three wide receivers one tight end and one flex um and i believe he said it is ppr so okay it depends on who's available. Um, I mean, I would love to start with Taylor. And depending on your platform, I know like Barkley and Kamara are going in the late second, early third on ESPN. Um, but on Yahoo, you know, it, it's probably not possible to start with all three of those running backs. Looking at Fantasy Pros ADP, you're probably looking at guys in that Mark Andrews, Fournette, Javante, Evans, Zeke, uh, you know, Mahomes, but we don't want to go quarterback that early. Right. Uh, and then AJ Brown, Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, those guys are available as well. Los, what would you be doing if you started with Taylor? Yeah, I did a lot of uh, a lot of um, 
looks at different drafting from different positions and everything. And one thing that I saw happen quite a bit in mock drafts is when you draft at one or two, there are very few running backs that last that long. I am a guy who likes to have two running backs early. And I found myself, I found myself getting Javante Williams there. If you have Jonathan Taylor, I know I did fade um, Javante Williams in, in our episode last last week, but that's like looking at him as a running back one. If you've got Jonathan Taylor on your team, I'm more than happy to put uh, to put second year player in there. Let him explode in the second half of the season and have value in the start of the season as a running back too. That's tremendous. Then you're coming back at the three one with a wide receiver of the caliber of a Tyree kill of a Mike Evans of maybe a Debo. If people don't uh, don't believe in him. I think that's a tremendous start. Okay. Fair enough. Like I said, I, I prefer the running back, running back start. If you can get those quality RB ones, personally, once like Barkley Camara are gone and they're off the board, I actually quite like hero RB builds this year. Mm, okay. Um, I think if I had Taylor and those running backs, I just mentioned are indeed gone. I would actually go, you know, I would consider like Pitts or Andrews. Um, I'm a little bit lower on Andrews, but he's probably not coming back to you at the no. next turn, two rounds no later. Um, so I think I would consider like Pitts and then a top wide receiver if you have Taylor already, and then grabbing like you know a Chase Edmonds or Andre Stevenson later to supplement at RB two. Chase keeps climbing though. Uh, watch out for that. Yes, unfortunately, you know some of the mocks I did a while back no longer apply. Where you know he was locked in easy RB two, sometimes RB three, depending on your build, uh, just super cheap in that like eighth round area. Do we have to talk about the elephant in in the Houston uh, backfield? Oh yes, we probably should. Um, yeah, I mean Damian Pierce, wh- where are you willing to take him most? Not before Chase Edmonds. Um, I I, I love. The, the preseason hype. That's what we live for is, is year round fantasy players. Right. But um, I've seen it once. I've seen it a million times. These, uh, these lowly drafted running backs, he should not be drafted as a running back too. He's your flex. That's where you play him. The only saving grace he has for me is that he's in a lovey, uh, lovey Smith system. And as bears fans, we've heard a million times, the Chicago bears get off the bus running the football. Well, guess what? The Houston Texans get off the bus running the football. And if, it, even if he rushes for 2.1 yards per carry, which is not a rare statistic in a lovey Smith offense, um, he's going to keep turning the football with that player. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, Houston's offensive line is better at run blocking uh, than pass protecting right now. And then also my other my other issue, though, with Pierce is even if he is projected for a fairly large workload, I mean, with the state of the Houston Texans defense, how many games are they, are they going to be trailing? And then how much is Rex Burkhead mixing in on those passing downs? Because that's my concern with Pierce. Um, I have him ranked RB35. So I think his upside warrants that he goes ahead of some other guys in that range. But at the same time, I, I don't know that you're relying on him week in, week out. He's going to have some big weeks uh, when he finds the end zone, but I think he's going to have quite a few quiet weeks here and there as well. Should we put some names to it? I think I have him about running back 30. Um, so I'll throw Chase Edmonds at you. Yeah, I, I think I've got Edmonds like way higher, like RB22 or something. Sure. I'm really high. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Ooh, where right. do I have? Edwards yeah, that was the idea to make this messy. <laughs> I think I think I still want CEH just tied to the Chiefs backfield. 
I agree. They have not found a better option uh, or an answer this offseason, unfortunately, for the team. How about the Patriots running backs? Oh, man, it's all pretty messy in this area, right. to be honest. I don't, I don't love any of them. Um, I, I would say the Patriots running back slightly ahead. Yeah, that's the point. If you're looking at Damian Pierce, you already have a mess at running back. You're not looking at Pierce if you if you started your draft with Saquon and Kamara, you know, so to speak. Um, how about uh, I'll just throw a couple more at you, real uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, so it's Gibson with Robinson out for now, I guess. Okay, definitely Eli Mitchell, definitely A.J. Dillon. How about Josh Jacobs? Sort of a similar situation to the Patriots situation. We haven't talked about that much. Man, I think I have Jacobs ranked ahead, but I, I might push Pierce. Or I, I'm not going to push Pierce up. I would push Jacobs down, I think, because it sounds like it's going to yeah. be a full-blown committee in, in Vegas. Totally agree. And the only other ones I think, well, Miles Sanders I want to ask, just because it's another mess there. Mm. Sanders because of the strength of that Eagles offensive line. I agree with you there. And then have to throw a couple um, backup type players at you. Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt. Um, we know A.J. Dillon would be A.J. Dillon, but Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I've got them ranked just ahead of Pierce in my rankings. Okay. All three um, of them? Yes. Uh, okay. Gordon just behind because I think Gordon could take a, a little bit of more of a back seat um, versus Pierce in that 1A position. Uh, so I'm I have Pierce yeah. 35, Gordon RB 36. I'm with you on all of those. Um, Kareem Hunt, yet again, uh, completely, uh, completely um, d disparaged this year. Completely, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> He's uh, not get, he, gets, he gets no respect, no respect yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't view Pierce all that differently from like a Rashad Penny, where I don't project a ton of receiving work. Um, both on rough-looking offenses behind rough-looking offensive lines. Yeah, I see him just like a Kenneth Walker, so there you go. Yeah, but I, I've seen Pierce go in like round four, round five in some drafts, so you got I, I, think, I think I will not be seeing much of Pierce on my rosters this year if, they, if that's where he's going to go in, in a lot of Don't buy the hype. I agree. Um, all right, let's, you know, just for argument's sake, real quick, going back to Bobby Rick's question here. As an aside, if you have the 101 in a full point PPR league close, are you going Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey? Or are you even considering like a Cooper Cobb, Justin Jefferson? It's a great question, but it's Taylor all day for me. It doesn't matter if it's standard, full point, two point. It's Jonathan Taylor. Well, maybe two point. It's not that that exists, but it's Jonathan Taylor. I totally understand the upside with McCaffrey. Love Christian McCaffrey, but we've seen him play how many games in the past two years? I just can't risk that. And if Taylor was even nicked a little bit last year, right? We, we wouldn't, I wouldn't feel as strongly. It's silly. It's what have you done for me lately? But Jonathan Taylor's a stud. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you there. Um, you know, I've said that we shouldn't be drafting scared and we shouldn't be projecting for injuries, but the three-year age gap and Taylor's upside uh, of just pure touchdowns uh, still puts him ahead for me. But that said, you know, I, I don't think you should, be scared to take McCaffrey one or two if you prefer McCaffrey. And also that's, that's been my same argument all along for Saquon Barkley is that you yep. shouldn't be projecting for injuries. And that's why I have him ranked firmly in the first round. If you want him, take him, but uh, I, I won't fault you for it, but I prefer. Oh, I have been. There you go. Oh all no, right. I mean, I meant, I meant McCaffrey. If, if oh, you want to gotcha. take McCaffrey, if you want him one-on-one, I would never bat an eye at it. I would never yep. criticize you for that. 
Okay. Um, let's move on to our other mailbag question then from Jason Quinn, 1992. He says, I have the 1.03 in my 10-team two-quarterback redraft leagues. Uh, so two okay. quarterbacks, two running backs, only one wide receiver, huh. um, and then a bunch of flex spots. So four-point passing, he says, would you go with quarterback or running back like Henry, McCaffrey, Cook, Eckler? Um, personally, in a true two-quarterback league, especially with the other starting requirements not too high, I'm taking a top quarterback. Uh, assuming Josh Allen's gone, probably looking at you know Lamar, Kyler, Herbert, Mahomes, whoever you want to pick there. I see he mentioned Henry, CMC, Cook, Eckler, but it, if it goes quarterback, quarterback, I might consider Jonathan Taylor only, only Jonathan Taylor if he falls there. Um, but I agree with you. Um, jump on quarterbacks. Herbert, uh, four, four points per touchdown or six? Uh, four points. <sighs> okay. I still love Herbert this year, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a firm top tier. And yeah. I think that's why in a true 2QB, not super flex, where you have to start two every single week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want, if you can get two top 10 quarterbacks, I think that's a very strong start. And I'll, I'll worry about running back wide receiver. Later. Absolutely. It's a wild league. Two, two running backs. So you're going to go quarterback, then you're going to have to go running backs early and then you're sort of the world is your oyster and as you know we love those wide receivers in that third fourth fifth or fourth fifth yeah third to sixth range um a lot of them with uh with wide receiver one upside so i think that's the play yeah and, and you're assuming that quarterbacks are going to mix in in the first few rounds so you can probably get those upside guys like Javante williams still in round three round four you know in that range zeke and i would much rather start with like Lamar Jackson and like Jalen Hurts and then plug in, you know, Devante and hope he goes off. Totally. You grab Zeke while somebody's grabbing Davis Mills. Yep. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. Uh, we will be doing an, an upcoming series of two episodes where we're going to go through every single week one matchup. We're just going to focus on one or two things that either we want to look at or some very early sit-start questions of who you would rather take if you're taking two players on that team, uh, or if you want to start them at all. So we will get to that, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this will help you heading into your drafts for this coming Labor Day weekend. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, that's M-E-N-G. Yeah, I wanted to thank you, Addicts, for the questions. Please feel free to send them in. We'd love to answer them. Uh, you can, of course, find me at FFA underscore LOS. That's L-O-S. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. All right. Well, hope everybody has a safe and fun Labor Day weekend. Get pumped for some football soon. And it's a fantasy world. And we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, Addicts.